Welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm one of your regular co-host Skeeter, and along with me tonight, as usual, are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Good. Doing great. We are coming to y'all from our home field apparel studios. Go get some awesome Mizzou gear at home field and enter in code Variety Sports for 15% off your first purchase. Fellas, five and oh. One win away from bowl season, and it's October 1st. Like, we got five wins in September. We did not reach five wins until the second to last game last season. So, uh, we ought to be in a pretty dang good mood, huh? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Man, I don't know how good of a September that is, guys. Like, that is well, technically. August. I, don't, I, don't want to, I know August 31st. I'm just saying because somebody's gonna <laughs> yeah. come out there and be like, Well, wait a second. There were five, you know what I mean? So but yes, we know what you mean. We're feeling great. We're five and oh, just like we predicted, right, Skeeter? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? I am willing to bet this is some of the best tasting crow that Case has ever ate. Absolutely. I love phenomenal. This. If, yeah. if I predicted what seven and five, we go. We win ten games. I'll just I'll eat a heaping plates of crow. Will you eat an actual crow? Uh, I've got a Halloween decoration crow upstairs. I can gnaw on that. Maybe I might. Maybe we should. Maybe we win ten games. Got we'll split a crow. We'll, we'll eat a, yeah, we'll split a crow breast. You want to? <laughs> this is the kind of content you're only getting at Woodswater Mizzou. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hunt, cook, and eat an actual crow. <laughs> well, dude, they do it on the. Uh, they did it for meat eaters. Uh, what was that? They did a series on YouTube that where they ate like skunk and uh, coyote and crow and anyway we've already gotten off topic. Let's I guess let's bring this full <laughs> circle sure. again. Well, I was just gonna say if I can get y'all talked into coming down to Arkansas on Black Friday, tailgate, you know, maybe tailgate some crow on the grill. Crow wings. <laughs> <laughs> Skeeter, make sure them put them crow thighs. Make sure them are done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we go in the Vandy. Uh, four of the last five matchups versus Vandy were decided by nine points or less. Uh, it's just a game. I don't think any Mizzou fan just goes in like, oh, we're going to be pissed out of them. So, you know, let's go back and, and have our PTSD. We're ranked. We're going at Vandy. They have a backup quarterback. What else could go wrong? You know, uh, take us right back to Barry Odom being head coach. Yeah. But unlike that Barry Odom-led team, our Tigers go in there. The best game from start to finish we've seen this season there's still not a complete game there, but, you know, halfway through the third quarter, I thought, hey, Sam Horn, maybe even Jake Garcia gets some snaps today. It didn't, it didn't work out that way, but uh, y'all, y'all want to start off with anything that let, – let's start with the good. Let's start with the good. We'll 
we'll hit you start with you there, Cole, on maybe some of your good points that really stuck out to you from the game. Yeah, it's uh I think it's one that every Mizzou podcast, every Mizzou Twitter account, Facebook, Instagram, any social media that's gonna talk about. Um we we have another Missouri Tiger that has set an SEC record, the first this season being Harrison Mevis and the most recent being Brady Cook. Um, the fact that he is still, you know, as long as the first pass attempt against LSU isn't an interception, um, he'll continue to build on, you know, gaining some distance in that record for most comp- most pass attempts without an interception. Uh, number two, I guess, I, I guess I'll give three. Is that all right? You can give me a number, so yeah. I guess yeah, I'll just go ahead. give three. Um, go ahead. My number two would be the number two, and that is the amount of 100-yard receivers that uh, Mizzou had on Saturday. Theo Weiss and, of course, Luther Burden had a phenomenal game. Both guys phenomenal. A whole wide receiving core. I was going to say wide receiver room because you throw Mookie in there with his clutch catches that he's having again. Yeah. Uh, he don't have the flashy numbers, but he has the steady – Solid numbers when his number's called, he's answering the bell. And then also Marquise Johnson again, like touchdown machine. He is developing into a, a, a formidable threat. I mean, I know it's only been two games and it's been Memphis and Vandy. We're not going to discredit our opponents because, you know, wins aren't easy to come by regardless of what conference you play in, regardless of who your opponent is, where you're playing. But the fact that he's had you know, two deep balls, and he caught another. Uh, I believe he had another really deep uh, yeah. pass and catch during uh, K State. So, wide receiver core, but number two would be, you know, of course, those 200 yard receivers. Number three is the third downs. Uh, we talked about this in the pre show a little bit that we were over during Memphis, and the fact that the Tigers finished 50%, six of 12 on third down conversions against Vanderbilt, I think that's a huge improvement. I think that's something that you want to see in a program and in in a position group and a coaching staff that they're they're identifying these weak spots, they're correcting them and and improving on them from one game to the next. The the other side of that third down was defense was able to get off the field on third downs that was a struggle last week. So uh, third down across the board, both sides of the ball. Was was really good. Uh, Case, let, let's go to you here. And you and I kind of had the same note. Uh, we, we let Cole hit the good, and we'll have more good to talk about later. But right now, let's talk about the bad snap that we get once a game. Uh, Absolutely, man. Is it, is it our snap count? And other teams are mocking it, and that's what throws Tom – Tomlinson off if so why are coaches not adjusting what's the deal I really don't even think it's that I think Connor just having some issues and big shout out to Brady Cook because listen to the press uh post-game press last night and he got he got brought up to him and he was like hey I can probably do a better job of working with him so you know you love you love a guy like Brady taking uh responsibility for that also you love a guy like Brady because he catches those random snaps you know it could be a thing where that ball goes over his head and we're in a world of hurt but um, no, I don't think it's snap counts. I think it's just um, yips. You know, I think it's a it's a mental little what's the word break maybe that is just tossing. It happens, and 
not like the biggest moments, but it happens in high stress moments. It was a fourth down happened this game. You know, I believe it happened in a drive where we were trying to score to take the lead against K State. Um, man, there's another one yeah. too, but. He also had a snap infraction yesterday, too, if I remember right. You're right. I actually forgot that until right now. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, man, but that is just – and I've got some flack on this for Twitter because I was I was a little heated about this uh, yesterday because it was it was a big drive. We're trying to put him away, and then we have this, we have this uh, bad snap. Kind of throws everything off. But I get it that once he gets the ball snapped, he is a great blocker, and that's good. We need that. You We need that. But also, you've got to be able to get down the first part of your job. You know, you play center, you're going to have that guard come help you almost every single time because they know you're you're vulnerable there for a minute. Your hands are back. But we have got to make sure we get the snap down first. That is just like bare bone stuff, guys. That's that's the first part of the game. You know, um, but man, that is just absolutely crazy that that's an issue still. <laughs> It is. It makes me wonder if, you know, we can armchair quarterback all day long. That's what we do is run a podcast that gives us a chance to kind of armchair quarterback. It makes you wonder if there's some sort of, I don't want to say hot call, but you'll see like if, if there's something on the sideline that isn't, uh, that doesn't look like, look right from either the press box from Kirby Moore or just on the sideline in general, or Brady doesn't like something that he sees. You know, he'll kind of hold everybody off. You'll see him put his hand out. Everybody looks over to the sideline to see if there's going to be any changes. It makes me wonder if, you know, there's some sort of maybe like word. Like you'll sometimes hear in the NFL, they'll say easy, easy, um, you know, to, to like let the line know, hey, kind of relax for a second while we're getting the uh, the play call changed. And then another thing, in, you know, in the no huddle, you you'll also see the guards sometimes kind of flash that hand to the out of the peripheral vision of the of the center you know i know that kind of gives the defense a little bit of an advantage because you know you're gonna snap the ball but at least it would let the center know that hey quarterback's ready back there ready looking ready to take snap so makes me wonder if we're gonna see something like that implemented um if there's gonna be some sort of code word or phrase or i don't know he's gonna yell at tossing like tossing i'm ready it just makes you wonder and the the other thing along the offensive line, <laughs> and we're we're nitpicking here, like we're happy. We're not we're not. Oh no, the train's coming off the tracks. Get rid of Jerry Kirby Moore is terrible. No, we are we are just nitpicking at at little <laughs> problems that we see carrying over week to week. Uh, another one along the offensive line, Cameron Johnson. A weekly holding call. Uh, we were able to overcome that yesterday in a drive. That that's usually a drive killer. Uh, you know, it'll it'll set them back ten yards, and it's just something we never seem to recover. But yesterday, the offense, as a as a whole, the offensive line that was their most complete game. You know, we said Memphis. They started to show signs, but yesterday, like Brady, really had a clean pocket to work in. And, and we see, as the line's playing better, to me, you're seeing it in Brady's ability to stand back there and read the field and find his best option. And when you have that, Brady Cook puts up 395 yards over, 
over 40 passing attempts, zero interceptions. Like that's offensive line. That's receivers running the routes they're supposed to run. That's running backs picking up blitzes or, or running out to the flat the way the way they need to. So without the offensive line stepping up and improving, we don't see this growth in, in Brady Cook. Like yes, Brady's taking a step forward, but it's it's the unit in front of him that's allowing him to do that. So uh, we don't want to just say bad on them because man they're they're stepping it up as we go along here we are getting better we are seeing progression and that was probably our biggest knock on a drink coach team what we saw in week one and two felt like was what we was watching week 11 and 12 yeah i agree and to your defense uh or just our defense i was listening to drinks presser last night i like doing for all our shows and i mean he mentioned that he wasn't okay with these penalties as well um, they said something about penalties, and he was like, I think they're all on the O-line, and they're like, well, no, there's a DPI in there and stuff like that. But I, you can tell that's some of the sticks and drinks crawl pretty well as, as well as these all these offensive line penalties. Yeah. So, I, yeah, again, it, we try, we're trying to be more positive podcast, but that's something to look at. It is. And to the, you know, Skeeter, you mentioned the clean pocket. Um, Joseph, our, our guest last week, actually talked about that. He's like, our front four front seven don't really get a whole lot of pressure and brady cook is gonna have all day out there to throw and he was exactly right so you know joseph if you're listening to this one kudos to you because you absolutely called it i mean stats speak for themselves i mean brady brady had a great day but i'm sure it was a good uh confidence booster to the offensive line as well the the fact that you know didn't allow a whole lot of pressures or hurries or anything of that nature so that that's got to be a good a good thing leading into another big game like this and you know this game had trap game written all over it for me you know being ranked again we could start feeling ourselves and, and thinking oh we're gonna go out and roll over vandy we've got lsu next week sold out back at furrow you know so we can start eating our cheerios and overlook vandy and not have the outcome that we had. So I am loving, you know, I, I gave a very over the top 11 and one preseason preview, but I, I knew if certain things fell right, it's all, it was within a reasonable reach of us, but this team is showing growth at a rate that even that 11 and one preview that I gave, I was not expecting. So uh, kudos to the coaching staff, kudos to the players for being coachable and being a team that's bought in. I mean, I love after Brady scores and he's going back to the sideline, it's Jake Garcia and Sam Horn there to high five him first. You know, that's guys are chomping at the bit to go out of the field. And they are celebrating what Brady Cook's doing. In the locker room, when Drinkwitz calls out Brady on breaking the record, I mean, the team was hyped. They They were hyped. You know, this is absolutely Brady's team, but it's it's a team. It's not individuals that we've seen in the past where me over the team mentality. It is team first. Uh, Another thing that I wanted to touch on, uh, you know, and again, this is nitpicking, but our, our defense, once again, you know, the, the second drive of the game, it didn't look like they put, put up much of a fight. Vandy come out with a little bit of rhythm in that one. Uh, 
and our defense just never recovered. And then once we got up uh, 24 to 7, it's like they hit snooze. I'm not going to work right now, <laughs> you know, and two plays, 60 yards, 33 seconds, and then a scoring drive right after that in a minute and a half, like, what's going on here guys let's let's wake up but they finally did wake up and and stop uh vandy there but you know that interception of chris abrams drained three games in a row of interception for him maybe opposing quarterbacks will start figuring out don't throw it where number seven's at but hey we'll we'll take it but when that interception happened i thought it was a meaningless stat that's going to you know, be later in the game. Uh, we got a turnover. You know, we won the turnover battle. We were far enough ahead. I didn't think it really mattered. But how much more stress would we have been had the interception not happened? And they got it down to 10 points. You know, without that interception, they were already in field goal range, if not getting a touchdown there. And that, that could have completely changed the outcome of that game. But what do y'all think it is on, on defense? You think it's play calling because we're doing this thing now where defensive ends dropping back into coverage and I'm not loving. I don't know if it's play calling. I do. I have noticed the defensive ends uh, dropping back into coverage more and I don't know. I get what you're saying, but also I've noticed that Walker guys like Walker have been there to make plays in coverage. Uh, they're athletic enough to do that. Is it? I, I just don't think the D line is getting the upfield pressure that it usually it did last year. Maybe that's a personnel issue. I think McGuire not being there is big. I think Robinson not being 100% is a big part of it as well. Um, this might just be a defense that works best with those cogs turning, and without it, it's putting too much strain on the back half. Because if you remember, my big fear was that they were going to drive the field on us up and down. And, I mean, I don't I don't know if Shepard was the best receiver in the SEC, like our, our friend Joseph said. Um, but they did, he did have a big game against us. And I think a lot of it was because he was getting open because we're going to pressure the seals, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. I think this defense kind of encompasses a bend, but don't break mentality. Maybe, maybe not mentality, but from, from a fan's perspective, you'll see some of these quarterbacks, running backs, dink and dunk. Not as much running backs. We'll talk about that a little later. But these quarterbacks kind of dink and duck, and they get down in the red zone. They really lock down. It's like they, we saw it in K State, we saw it in Memphis. Um, but once once these guys get down in the red zone, it's like you know something turns on. And another thing that Drinkwood's mentioned in his press conference was that they had been kind of struggling in man to man. That they didn't play a whole lot of man to man yesterday, or uh, I guess it was yesterday, but against Vanderbilt. And they were playing a little bit more, you know, zone coverage. And so, zone, you know, most people that know football know that zone coverages has these little pockets. And if you have a quarterback that's able to read coverages and an offensive coordinator that is able to identify those, where those gaps in coverages are, then, yeah, you're going to get the little dink and ducks that go down the field. However, like I mentioned, I think once these guys get down in the red zone, I don't know if those, these coverages are just overlapping, but I – I'm not too terribly worried. I will say in the LSU game that it has a potential to get a little gnarly. I mean, Daniel's a good quarterback. We'll talk, again, we'll talk about that later. But I think they're doing. I think they're doing pretty darn good. I'm, I'm just glad to see them start getting some turnovers. KD, 
Thank you. Um, but also, I think getting D-Rob back will be be pretty big. You know, we just got Chad Bailey back. He started this game, first game of the season. So we're starting to get some pieces back in. It's race Charles back as well. So I think once maybe a little bit of cohesion, it'd be really, really yeah. good to see that defense buckle down during the, the brood of the schedule. What's your take on the safeties this week? Because I thought our usually pretty strong safeties played really poorly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too terribly thrilled. Again, I don't know if that's just trying to kind of like the offensive line was early in the year. I don't know if they're just trying to find the right guys, but something better get bit figured out because we're, we're getting ready to play some quarterbacks that can. I know you weren't trying to do too much on the LSU game, but boy, that's that, that that actually frightens me a lot going to LSU because I think we can score on them, but they're going to score a lot on us if those safeties keep playing like that. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I know there's a couple plays that Joseph Charleston got caught with eyes in the wrong spot and, you know, lost by the time he realizes it's his receiver streaking down the field. Well, now he's three steps behind and never going to catch them because they're at full speed. Uh, that's, <coughs> excuse me, that's something from a veteran safety we don't really expect. That's something we would maybe expect if Marlon Burks was back there as a true freshman, but. Uh, that's coachable mistakes that we can fix. Uh, let's just hope it's not habits or something that other teams have found and are able to use as weakness on us. Uh, let, let's go ahead and talk offense and uh, the the good out of there. Cole, you already mentioned the receivers and you know, where you were polite in talking about Johnson and uh, him doing it against Memphis and Vandy, you know, well, what that's going to do is put on tape when 17's out there, I guarantee you defensive coordinator is going to yell at a safety, hey, take a step back. You better drop you back. Uh, so that, that's going to pay off big time. But Tight ends had a couple receptions again, uh, so that's great to see them getting mixed in. We we went more to the bubble screen again yesterday. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but you know the the quick receivers start blocking, and then one pops around and, and gets the screen to where we said last week the the checkdowns that Luther was scoring on wasn't really bubble screens; it was everybody else was running downfield routes and Brady would just dump it off to Luther and he would turn it into something. But uh, that did have me a little concerned seeing us resort back to those because they didn't really work. Like they, they weren't really positive plays for us again yesterday. Yeah. But do you think they were just an extension of the running game? And I know every Kansas city Mizzou fan has to bring the chiefs in the podcast somehow, but when we did not have a great running game in Kansas City, Andy Reid would run bubble screens constantly. And that was just as Alex Smith there, just an extension of get the ball in space and go. And I say that because uh, Vandy did a great job of slowing down Pete and Schrader. And I mean a great job. It wasn't until the end of the game. And sidebar, this is why I love Schrader, is you can stop him a hundred times, but you're gonna that hundred and first time, your your legs are gonna be sore. He's gonna blow you over for a twenty two yard run. 
You know what I mean? Like he's going to run right through your ass. So I love Schrader. I think that's where the coolest things about him is he just works, works. Anywho, they did a great job of slowing our guys down. Our running game was pretty stagnant the entire first three quarters there. And I think those design bubble screens are a way to be like, all right, our handoffs aren't working, but Cook's got time. So get him the ball at their line of scrimmage, and that's going to be our new running game. Because you trust Cook to give him the ball. And I know it's crazy before we came the preseason podcast, but you trust Cook is going to get a good ball to those guys every time. And that becomes your running game at that point. So that's my take on that. Yeah, here's here's my take. Because, Keeter, you have, uh, I think it's been two or three episodes in a row now, you mentioned tight ends. And here's my take on it. I was just kind of thinking about this as Case was talking. You look at our, our top wide receiver so far, Luther Burden. Everybody knows he's his top wide receiver on the roster, statistically and maybe talent-wise speaking. Brady's going to try and get him the ball. And until there's like repeated failures of we can't get Luther the ball or they're shutting Luther down, it's the same concept. Take Georgia, for example. Look at their wide receiver room. Their wide receiver room probably doesn't get near as much attention as Brock Bowers does. Until you stop Brock Bowers, they're going to keep getting Brock Bowers the ball. Until you stop Luther Burden, they're going to keep getting Luther Burden the ball. You see what I'm saying? So until until there's a need, a, a glaring need to shift the focus in, in ball distribution and in reception distribution, keep keep dancing with Ubrachi, you know what I mean? And if yeah. I could add on to that just one moment, does Theo Weiss kind of become our tight end option? Uh, the offense we run doesn't really, you know, the tie, he's not. I'm not saying he runs a tight end style, but I'm saying he's massive. And as we saw him high point that ball in the end zone, yeah, jump ball. He's your it. big, big old boy target who is going to go over guys and grab it. He's faster as well. Uh, also, just huge game by him. I know Luther gets all the all the credit in the world, but like if Luther hadn't been there, we still be talking about how insane of a game Theo Weiss had. I'm so glad he transferred here. Me too. Thanks, Oklahoma. I mean, I I was gonna say, you know, when you when you brought up his his tight end part, like his body control and his ability to box out the defender, to where even on tight coverage, he's between the defender and the ball, you know, and you gotta love that and it, his ability to turn, jump, box out the defender, and hand catch the ball like that is that is great to see uh you know maybe just maybe players get more development by going to mizzou than ou <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say Especially wide receiver yeah statistically i'm just saying <laughs> just saying there's two of uh, that had 100 yards that one was either committed you know, or was committed to OU at one point, and the other one played at OU at one point. So, uh, you know, Case, you're not the only one eating crow because I said Brady Cook was a safe option at quarterback because he had a higher floor than what Sam Horn would give you. But we knew what his ceiling was, and that's where we were – you know, that's where the frustration came in as fans. Well, little did I know, Brady went to HGTV and they come in, ripped off the roof, and he raised it to a second story. So, 
Brady Cook, you're making me eat my words there because I did not know you had this in you. And man, you're you're balling like straight <laughs> balling. Like the way he throws the ball over the field, he don't just hone in on Luther. He don't just hone in on Theo. You know, he'll he'll find Mookie over there. He'll find Johnson. He'll throw it out to the flat to a tight end or a running back. Uh, and he's he's doing this on a bum leg. Like the last two weeks, he's taken his running element out of it for the most part. He had a handful of runs, but he wasn't. That wasn't a typical Brady Cook tough-as-nails type run uh, the last two weeks, I don't think. So, man, I, uh, that's some good crow. Like, that is some good crow. Brady had uh, Brady had Case and Skeeter down the basement, and he showed them to where the stairs were, and he took them upstairs. Showed them, he's currently showing them where the actual ceiling could You're potentially right. be. To the point where if you... If you took off number 12 off him, if, okay, so you show you show me this game a year ago. You took number 12 off. You put, like, uh, number 99 on him. And you just made me watch that quarterback. I'd be like, who is this transfer drink guy? You'd be like, who Chase Daniels dude? back, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's not – because, I mean, you're, but Skeeter makes a good point. His leg hurts. He's not running. So what's he do? Just stand back there and deliver effing dimes every time. There was that one of the Luther Burden touchdowns, and yeah, Luther Burden ran an insane route to get open. But there was about the size of a, you know, like a salad plate. He had to get the ball on to make that play work, and he absolutely just boom touched right up on it. You're talking yeah, about the pretty... first, the first, the fade in corner of the end zone. That's yes, what you're talking fade. about. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. The, the one funny Luther part is, guy Luther had to run out like you know, grab yes. like in front of him because. Anything else would have been intercepted or knocked down. The only play that play works is if Brady gets it to the perfect spot in the corner of the end zone, which he did. I don't think he makes that play last year. And like 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 Skeeter's saying, that's because there's a new story to Brady Cook. Brady Cook started out as a ranch. Now, now this guy's got multiple levels. <laughs> the other funny thing, too, I think about that that touchdown catch because i you know they showed it multiple times because it was a phenomenal play great throw great catch oh everyone did amazing the entire play yeah so you see luther running out of the shadows and as soon as he catches that ball so he's running from the shadows out into the sun and having to look i believe back into the sun mm-hmm. to catch that ball. And i mean brady just delivered an absolute dime so i want to touch you guys talked about the injury and this was on the uh on the press conference that he was interviewed after the game. And one of the reporters had asked him something along the lines of, you know, we noticed you sliding a little more today, not taking as many hits. And he said, uh, quote, I've really been banged up lately, to be honest with you. And I've got to get healthy before conference play. And um, end quote. And then he, of course, mentioned talking to James Franklin about, you know, how to, how to better protect your body and how to, because, you know, James Franklin was a pretty mobile quarterback that, Took a lot of hits and was was injured a lot of his career. He was not worried about his body. <laughs> Frank, <laughs> no, Frank, Frank the Tank was not worried about his body. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. And I mean, you know, Frank the Tank was a little bit bigger than Brady. You know, Brady's six two, like maybe one eighty. Um, so yeah, you can't be Brady. You can't be taking them hits, son. And I'm glad that he, I'm glad that he realizes that, and he doesn't. I don't know if drinks like, hey, you. 
you need to stop doing that. Okay. Quit lowering your shoulder against these SEC linebackers and just slide and live to the, fight another play. The only time that the only play from Brady Cook yesterday I did not like. He was scrambling around. It looked like a designed quarterback run to the edge. And he takes a three yard loss. And from my understanding of the rules, as long as the lineman's not with as long as all the O linemen are within two yards of the offensive line or line of scrimmage, he can throw it away right there. He don't have to take the loss. Uh, so that that was the only play. And he threw the ball over 40 times. You tell me a month ago, that's the only thing I'm going to be mad about. Brady Cook. <laughs> like, yeah, what what drugs are we on here? But, you know, it, it's time we really start start talking at these leaps and bounds he's taking. Like, he has a chance to be suited up on Sundays with this with this rate and this growth of uh, name right now, you get to pick or choose any SEC quarterback. Who are you taking? To, Ooh, to start for us? Or what do you mean? Any of the 14 teams. Yeah, like you got to start a team. You need an SEC quarterback. I mean, yes. I don't want to sound like a homer, but yeah, I mean, right now, Brady Cook is doing everything right now. You know, he is. I mean, there's four Absolutely. really, there's four really good ones that are that are. I you still know, think Jaden Daniels is absolutely elite, even though he had a rough game last is. night with Old Mills. Old Mills. Old Mills. Old Mills. <laughs> Old Mills. <laughs> That's a feed store in my hometown of Holt, Missouri. Uh, Old Mills. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Daniels is good. Cook's good. Uh, Rattler is. No, I'm not. Coaster. I am not taking Rattler over Cook. Rat- no, no, absolutely oh. not. Rattler the roller coaster. Um, you know, Rogers has played okay, but yeah, you, you bring up a good point, Skeeter. I mean, you take these Maybe last Jaden Daniels, yeah, and and even then, I just he got absolutely blown up. I'll tell you that when against the yeah. uh, against Ole Miss, but now Cook's playing, Cook's playing great, and um, I would not trade his homerism and his passion for for the Tigers for for anything. That goes a long way. And if you're your top quarterback SEC, that usually leads to at least a backup job in the NFL, uh, if not hearing your name called during the draft. So, uh, man, kudos to an arena football league team. Maybe just goes and leads them to like 15 <laughs> arena league championships. Hey, he to me, he reminds like the stories kind of develop into another number 12 that had to block him. But, you know, where the fans didn't really want him, they wanted Drew Henson. Like, Drew Henson was the Ooh. shiny car. I'm just saying, collegiate-wise, right now, I'm not saying that's the type of pro career he's having. But there's a lot of similarities there. You know, he's just he goes out when and he, gives it his all. Go when ahead. He cooks as a dynasty in the NFL for being a seventh-round pick. I want everyone <laughs> to know that Skeeter had it first. That's right. <laughs> Well, uh, the the only other thing I really have on on this, you know, this team going in after Vandy's second possession, we're down 7-3. We got behind in Memphis. We got behind multiple times at K-State. This is a resilient bunch. They don't get their heads down. 
the play calling doesn't go into panic mode from the coaching staff down to the players. Like, yes, I would love to blow somebody out and not have to stress a fourth quarter. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. almost to the, I'm getting close <laughs> to 40. It's almost time for me to start taking a stress test at the doctor. And when they find out I'm a Mizzou and Saints fan, it's not going to be good for me, <laughs> you know. But uh, this is going to pay off for us as the season goes, getting in these type games, getting in these moments. We haven't had – I mean, K-State, I guess, would be the latest crunch time having to make plays type deal, but that was a tie game. I, I'm really frustrated at the media when they go back and Harrison Mavis comes out and they say, oh, he saved him with the 61-yard field goal. Okay, he misses the field goal. We go to overtime. We don't lose. It's not a guaranteed loss right there. So, no, he didn't save us. Yes, he won us the game, but uh, as a team, man, they're they're building. They're building, they're building, they're building, and I love it. I totally agree. Um, oh, what was that? Uh-oh. Sorry. I got a brand new laptop here, guys, and it all just randomly asked if I want to update something. So I believe this thing's <laughs> okay. been out of the box for like two days. Um, I lost my train of thought. Cool. You got to go. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I I'm, I want to touch one thing about the defense that I think has maybe been a little bit overlooked, and that's the uh, – the amount of rushing yards that have been allowed. We've allowed one opponent to rush for over 100 yards. That was K-State, 138 yards. Again, not going to discredit our opponents, but South Dakota, 46 rushing yards. Middle Tennessee State, 66 rushing yards. Memphis, 83. Vandy, 41. So two of those opponents were held under 50 rushing yards the team not a player the team uh and then the other two under 100 and only 100 yard game and it took until game five for us to allow our first rushing touchdown so i want to give credit there because i think that's pretty significant especially once you're going into conference play if you got if you can stop the run and in conference play especially in the sec i think that's pretty big Yes, what I'd love to see a little bit more, you know, pass rush, seeing guys fly around like 2013, 2014, just knocking quarterbacks' heads off. Yes, I would. However, I do like seeing that our opponents basically have to abandon the run game and result to pass. And if someone ends up beating us with the pass, then I guess so be it. But until then, I'm just... That's that's kind of one stat that I'm pretty proud of, and I think is kind of overlooked. Oh, totally, totally, and it bums me out because we kind of the reason they got that rushing touchdown was because they kind of confused in the play and just let them walk in. Yeah, but no, you're right. It, it is huge. That's huge to have that go into the conference play, and when you can shut down our team's running game, it it does make them go one dimensional. Which we've been banged up in the secondary. Like we said safeties aren't playing great. It's kind of a threat for us. But you're right. That's huge. And maybe that's why we've seen so many or so much past success from our opponents because that's that's, that's the only thing they can do. And I guess if you tried something a hundred times, you're bound to do it, you know, be successful at it once. Um, Just my two cents. I got one thing in this game that I, I think we, we've, we, we've touched this three or four times a day, but the actual topic I want to go over real quick and we can, you know, get through this one. But 
Uh, I tweeted this and it, it got like an insane response on Twitter. Um, I said, does Mizzou have the best receiving core in the country? And I got a lot of homerism. I got a lot of just like people who I had a lot of people respond that were like friends of like guys like Theo in high school or like just personal friends. And like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. It's insane. Like, like Jackson's some like a lot of people really reach this tweet. And um, I didn't mean it as a joke. Like I legitimately was saying that. Like I think this might be the best shooting core in the country. Um, what what do you guys think about that? Because you look through the stats, Theo Weiss would be a number one stats receiver on a lot of D1 teams, and he is getting dwarfed by Luther Burden right now. Luther Burden is leading the league in receiving yards, correct? Uh, SEC. Yeah, the country. The, the country. Is the country as well? He's country. Oh, my God, you're right. The country. I'm sorry. Um, I think he's close, tied or something in touchdowns. Uh, and then again, Theo Weiss himself is having just a, a phenomenal year. Uh, Mookie Cooper being the third third guy in that list is still having he's having a better year than Dom Lovett, which is hilarious. Um, so what what do you guys think? Am I is that is that blatant homerism, or do you think there's a real case? This is the best receiver room in the nation right now. Scary, you go first. I'll I'll take it first, Cole, if you don't mind, but. Uh, I can't say that, but it's not because I doubt Mizzou. It's just out of respect to all the other teams, I have not watched uh, a whole lot of everybody else uh, college football games. So just out of pure ignorance of what everybody else has, I can't say yes to that. Uh, we definitely have to be toward the top, though. Uh, I don't, I don't think too many teams can roll out with what we roll out. And, you know, we're just tapping to the potential of Johnson. We don't really know. He's still got a lot of development to do. Uh, Makai Miller's been hurt. Uh, and that, that stinks because that dude's one of them grit and toughness that go out there and give it his all. And I, I believe it was the coaching staff that held him back this week like hey you know for for betterment of the rest of the season let's not keep pushing and, and make this worse let's sit back a week uh Dennis jackson comes over from Ole miss we still really haven't seen him crack a rotational spot yet so we've, we've got to be top five but uh top to bottom i can't can't say yes we're the best just because i don't know what every other team has yeah, I think one of the key words, Case, in your tweet was might. We might have the best receiving core in the country. You know, you mentioned all these names. Guys that called passes yesterday, Luther, Theo, Marquise, Mookie, um, Tyler Stevens, of course, Brett Norfleet, you know, two tight ends. But you mentioned a lot of guys that are our are boy Miller that's, you know, dealing with that, getting his hand healed up. That's that's one thing that you want as a wide receiver is healthy hands. So it's completely understandable that he hasn't been seeing the field so far. But I mean, Mookie Cooper, former four or five star recruit, transferred from uh, Ohio State. Theo, former four or five star guy, transferred from Oklahoma. Luther Burden, two years ago, number one high school recruit in the country, had a wide receiver. It's I, I think there's a lot of talent on this roster, but I also think that bringing in Coach Peeler was massive 
for yeah. for developing these players. And we're starting to see it. You know, one thing that I'm it's way too early to tell, but I'm starting to think that maybe Marquise Johnson might be our Emmanuel Hall or a deep threat. You know, that was that was Drew Locke's guy that anytime he threw up a D ball, you, you could almost bet that it was Emmanuel Hall gonna catch it. So I think there's a lot of potential, and yes, Case, I think you're right that this might be uh, the best wide receiving core in the country. What was my exact quote now? How could, did I say might? I think it was might. I, I thought was. I said, is this? Sorry, this is an extra great podcast. Oh, nope. Here it is. Someone's like it right now. Does Mizzou have the best receiving, uh, best receivers in the country? Okay, well, maybe Does. I'll suggest a might in there next no. time you do <laughs> I don't like that you guys are the ones pretending us for like 10 wins, 11 wins or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I think of the best receiver in the room in the country. And you guys are like, oh, pump the brakes there, Case. Oh, nope. well, hey, I'm not we're right. I'm not I'm not saying we're not. I'm no, just saying I don't like, you know, you get the Ohio State hype. Uh, I looked up Marvin Hershner's stats last night. They're. Not as good as they're as good as Theo Weeses. They're not as good oh, as Burns, even close. He's been battling injury pretty good too. I, I yeah, think. Uh, you know, US, USC, what what they roll out there with. Uh, Colorado's got some good guys out there, but do I want to trade any of our players for any other players out there? I don't think so. Kind of like, you know, SEC. Name a quarterback you're picking over Brady Cook to be starting quarterback your team right now. Ain't ain't nobody I'm taking. Uh, And so I lied five minutes ago when I said that was my last thing to talk about yesterday. But shout out to special teams. Punting. We made a switch last week against Memphis. Some great punch yesterday. Field position was key. Uh, Kicking our field goal unit. Man, we, we changed the holder. Snapper's getting better. And, you know, really makes you wonder that first part of the season where Mavis was struggling. Was that Mavis or was that, you know, because oh, the snappers got to make a good snap. The holders got to get the ball down right, laces out, all that for Mavis to do his job. And they weren't doing that. So uh, good to see that unit come along. And then for the life of me and adding five years to the end of my life, Thank you for learning we can fair catch from anywhere on the field on a kickoff and get the ball at the 25. Thank you. <laughs> I know that actually, yeah. What a what a fun addition that's been and just being taken twenty-five yeah. yards instead of getting to 16 every time. We made that in-game adjustment and man did it make a difference. I, I think we just I got too many that. athletes. I know I retweeted someone. Someone was like, what's going on? And I was like, yeah, Eric Link does not like to fair catch it on kickoffs. He wants to run it back every time. I think we just got too many athletes that are too eager. They're like, Yeah, they want to make a play. They all want yeah, to do something and make a play, but sometimes the best play is just be smart. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's Dante Hall. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only other thing I have for the recap is after the game, we got the chase your dreams bat signal and we get a three-star athlete out of state of Arkansas. So uh, I'm not the only Mizzou fan in the state. You know, that's a big linebacker and two-way athlete. I'm not really sure exactly how they recruited him right now. Uh, y'all might have a better idea of that. Yeah. 
So uh, they got him out of Pine Bluff, and that's that's awesome to see us going behind enemy lines and getting their players. Give Jay well, credit. He still recruits the heck out of his home state, doesn't he? Yeah. And another – we just had another basketball commit today. Burns. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trent Burns. Four-star, seven-foot-three center out of uh, Houston, Texas. So, Dennis Gates yeah. is insane. I know just we're trying to in... focus on football this episode, but, dude, we've got we got to sprinkle in some basketball, right? I'm just – because we're so hyped about it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's crazy. And I'll be honest, as a grown-up Mizzou fan, it's like football, 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 football. And then once Pinkle's season ended and we did what we did, then I'll look at basketball. Man, Gates has got me too hyped for that now. Like, yeah, I want to I I talk about Gates and his team all the time. Yeah, I was just talking to our boy Noah today, actually, just seeing how first couple first couple days are going, and I was like, dude, what is going on? Like it's it's insane. It's October first, and I'm stoked about football. I'm already thinking about basketball. Like, good time to be a Missouri Tiger, folks. Vibes are high as Mizzou fan, and big time. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but that's not always the case. So, like. Soak it in. Hey, uh, I went to church today and read my Bible, and this is what heaven's like. So soak it up, folks. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, <clears throat> I believe that's going to wrap up this recap. Uh, your five and O Tigers now up to twenty two in the polls. Uh, just crazy that that's all it is but hey we keep winning and that will fix itself so for another week of the woods water mizzou podcast uh we'll hit y'all later in the week with our preview of the lsu but case colton skeeter m-i-z-z-o-u go tigers y'all take care